And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Sorry, I'm just reading this. This actually came out on Sunday. But it is just so dang funny. Uh, New York Post, Dana Kennedy. AOC's constituents slam her claim inflation is propaganda. (laughs) Is she crazy? (laughs) AOC might want her followers to believe inflation is propaganda, but her constituents are not buying it. Uh, the Democratic Congresswoman used her Instagram stories to share a, a video uh, in which an activist claimed uh, from New Zealand the propaganda surrounding inflation was designed to protect the greedy shareholders who are truly to blame for the rising cost of living. <laughs> uh-huh. But when the Post visited... AOC's constituents in the 14th district, which uh, which comprises areas in both Queens and the southeastern part of the Bronx, all of them reported economic pain, and many said the Biden administration should should not be left off the uh, the hook. Yeah, the White House has repeatedly touted its Bidenomics plan to combat uh, uh, soaring uh, prices, and then they go through all the different people there that said inflation is real, inflation is real. Uh, Letitia Law, 41, a certified public nursing assistant, a certified nursing assistant, not public, single mother of three and grandmother, paused outside key food in the Castle Hill area of the Bronx to say she was struggling financially since the pandemic. She said, quote, is AOC crazy? (laughs) Has she been to a grocery store recently? $1,000 ain't nothing no more. $100 ain't nothing no more. These are all quotes, by the way. Mm. Maybe she should spend some time in the projects and really help people. End of quote. Wow. Sure. 
Uh, do L- they, listen do they the- have EV chargers in the projects? Because she's going to mm. need to drive her EV there. You want to know something, though? This, this is the most interesting thing. Mm. Law, like many, like the majority of the Bronx and Queens residents in her district interviewed by the New York Post, did not really know much about AOC. Most asked who she was. The majority of people the New York Post interviewed in her district did not even know who she was, who she is. (laughs) Most asked who she was and could not really seem to identify her, but all agreed that they are paying almost twice as much for the same amount of groceries and other essentials. Mm. That's the best part. They didn't even know who she was. Right. We're sick and tired of inflation. And this AOC, who's this AOC? The person you voted for? Uh, I, I I like that band. No, that's ACDC. That's a... Yeah. Who are you voting for? Oh, I'm definitely not voting for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so doomed. We're so doomed. <laughs> I'm a laughing. Well... You're probably laughing because of the greedy shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that makes sense. But does it matter? Nothing needs to make sense, apparently. Oh, my gosh. If I knew it was going to be that easy, I would have dropped out in junior high. <laughs> Man. Oh, we're so doomed. All right. It's time for Red Eye Radio Sports. And our focus on women's sports. Yeah. Latest from women's sports. A male cycling team has smashes, has, excuse me, has smashed all the female competition to win two women's championships in just four days. Woo-hoo. A team of male cyclists who identify as women won two gold medals in separate Illinois tournaments in just four days. After defeating their female competitors. I feel like I want to be Wayne in Wayne's world too. Because mm. this is the, and he would be the left talking to women. You don't belong here. <laughs> but I got no place else to go. Well, you know, uh, I, we, we, we're accepting of this, then it's it's just time that the women just hand in their uniforms, their equipment, and let the men do it. Well, now that, uh, you know, you have liberal women admitting that men are better, so women yeah. should just back off and right. let men. Right. You know, there's really no need. You know, Keith Olbermann said it, and this has become the narrative. Playing sports isn't a necessity. Just grow up. Things aren't fair. Right. Quit being a transphobe. Right. Quit being a transphobe. You don't have to play sports. No. Move over. The men can do this. Yeah. Move over. Come on. The men 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 just want equality. Men can can do the sports. There are other things. I mean, maybe household things that you could do. Yeah. 
you know, where you don't even have to wear shoes. <laughs> well, we know Olbermann believes that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a room designed just for you and your skill set. <laughs> exactly. It's where the, all the food is prepared. And believe me, most men don't want to get near there, even if they identify as a woman. Right. They don't want to get near those no. things. That room. They could hurt themselves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're so doomed. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But, man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, I still find it amazing that, you know, the, the polls are showing that men are gravitating more conservative. And as the liberals attempt to erase womanhood mm-hmm. from the dictionaries. And all women's rights along with it. Yeah. And all women's rights along with it. Women are moving closer to Democrats. So can you can you blame the Democrats for their misogyny when they believe that the women are OK with it? If it's what they vote for, by the I way, guess you it's can, what they'll get. By the way, the answer is yes. You can still blame the Democrats for that. It's okay to it's, do that. Yeah, it, sure. It it is it is it is wrong what they're doing. But it's also uh, very much the case that you will get what you vote for. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're seeing play out. You know, you can try and stop it, but but really. Why would you want to? Come on. Come on, ladies. You had a good run. Yeah. You had a good run. Now, the men run better, but you had a good run. (laughs) Just admit it. You had your time. It's amazing. It really is. You had a whole era. You had a whole era. I think there was another poll that came out uh, on the whole transgender movement here it was like 70 mm. percent now it keeps moving in the opposite direction that the radical left well i won't say the radical left because it's just the left mm-hmm. wishes for it to uh to go into right and i had it here and of course 
Uh, here it is. Seventy percent of Americans oppose allowing males to compete in female sports. Latest polling that was done. Um, <laughs> who are the thirty percent that go? Oh no, I think they should. Yeah. Uh, nearly seventy percent said that athletes born male should not be allowed to play against natural born female. Recent Gallup poll showed. In fact, fifty five percent say it's morally wrong to change one's gender. The Gallup poll released Monday found NBC News reported. Hmm. The numbers are also notable because it shows the. Uh, that transgenderism has lost ground and opposition has grown since the same question was asked in 2021 when 62% said that they opposed transgender women playing alongside uh, of, uh, of female athletes. Hmm. Um, okay, now it's nearly 70%. The poll also showed that uh, an increase in those who feel it's morally wrong to change one's gender. Transgender sports participation has also become a major political flashpoint and elected officials in conservative-leaning states have enacted laws to ban transgender uh, athletes who were born male from competing against female athletes. You know what the difference is? The difference is people standing up and saying what it is and saying that it's wrong. Well, it's no not one... being it's not being intimidated by yeah. the the blue the blue uh, uh, you know tidal wave of intimidation. Yeah, saying, the blue mob. No, the blue mob, right? Yeah, no one wanted to be the first, but when they saw other people doing it, then. Others joined in. And then something that you have said, and, and uh, Haley Strzok at National Review, from me too to not you. We live in a radically different world, a world in which a generation of young women is being taught to disregard the fear they might feel in a threatening situation. They are told not to trust their intuition. They are, uh, and they are called bigots and send death threats that they suggest that they feel uncomfortable in their bathrooms or changing rooms or even in shelters for survivals or for, for survivors of sexual abuse. That's true. Yep. It's horrible what's going yep. on. Yep. After the Me Too movement, it was generally assumed that women would stand up for women against sexual threats. Much of the movement was politically motivated, but at least it validated that our fear of sexual harm or trauma was rational or universal. Uh, I understood this. I was taught to get out of any threatening situation as soon as possible. If you're alone in a room and a man enters, you don't feel safe, leave. If you're walking at night and feel the instinct to escape, just run. It doesn't matter if you're wrong, because what if you're right? I was told to ignore that little voice at my peril. My mother raised me and my sisters to scream and run like hell if a stranger asks us to get into their car, because if you end up in the trunk, you're dead. We all heard that, right? Don't end up in the trunk, but if you do, punch out the car's taillights don't let an attacker tie you up because your chance of survival dramatically decreases. If he does, don't engage with unknown men on the Internet. Don't stay uh, alone with the male boss after hours. These rules are widely known, but for women, they're more than rules. They're instinct. Womenly instinct applies when a man exposes himself in a women's locker room, when a man who says he is a woman enters a woman-only prison, and when a man walks into a domestic abuse shelter claiming he knows what it's like to fear male predators. Nonetheless, women are shunned for protecting themselves against transgender ideology. Look at the female athletes who dare to protest against men in their locker rooms or female inmates who suffered brutal sexual assaults from biological males masquerading as women. These women face court battles, death threats, 
and social suicide. Worse yet, the same sisterhood that once cried loudly, me too, now tells them, not you. Yep. And it that was a very quick turnaround, by the way. Oh. The hashtag mm-hmm. me too thing was gone in a heartbeat because they realized, mm-hmm. well, you can't have the two living in the same political arena. We can't pretend we're protecting women when we're actually doing the opposite over here. We can't pretend to care. And so they don't. That's exactly how this thing was going to play out. Always. It was always going to end this way where, sorry, ladies, you had your turn. You know, it's interesting because it was probably eight, nine years ago where you and I made that prediction. Yep. We said if this continues along the way, this will destroy liberal feminism. Yep. There was and, there was no way it wasn't going and, to. And we normally don't make predictions, but if this that was so obvious to see. Right. And it did. Yeah, because Completely. it never is the case where something with such an agenda is squashed on the left, is squashed by the left. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was always going to be that momentum was always going to carry us to this point. And you really think about it at that point, we had had, you know, going from the late 60s on, really a woman's movement that was as powerful as you could get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a 50 year movement was destroyed. Yep. Like that. Yep. By men. Yep. That's the incredible thing. Yep. By men who said, we will define what a woman is. And the women feminists just crumbled. And well, as you see, as I've talked about the polling, the polling still shows young women are more likely now moving more uh, liberal mm-hmm. and men are moving more conservative. Mm-hmm. As liberalism wishes to destroy womanhood and the definition of women, for some bizarre reason, more women are attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Why? Or are the polls wrong? Right. It's one or the other. I don't know any women that agree with the insanity that's going on. No. I know that's not how you judge society as a whole. I can't find anyone. I may find a woman who says, well, uh, we need to understand how people find. I'll always am intrigued by how people think and how they get there. That's fine. I, I can do the same there. It doesn't make them a biological male, and biological no. males should not be competing against biological females. Do you agree? Everyone, yes. But they, it's almost like they have to vet you to make sure you're not going to come after them. The fear that has been put on women, especially young women in colleges, to embrace the destruction of their womanhood uh is pretty intense. It's something that I haven't felt, you know, because it just didn't exist when we were in college. Mm -hmm. It's something that just didn't exist. And to see the young people in college and the young women up until probably a year and a half ago with Riley Gaines completely capitulate to that shows either they're buying into it or they were intimidated, the fear that they felt that their lives would be destroyed. And that's what the swimmers are saying. Superseded everything. They just felt lost. They couldn't believe 
that they were being attacked like they were. Right. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye. There are a number of USDA emergency payment programs for which payments have yet to be made to farmers. However, you should begin to see a number of payments coming out uh, in the next 30 to 60 days. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack telling visiting National Farmers Union members in Washington Monday to expect emergency relief program payments to go out very soon. We are uh, focused on trying to get the ERP phase two payments out this month. Another program still in the works is the Pandemic Assistance Revenue Program. We expect and anticipate the pandemic uh, assistance payments, which were for folks who suffered losses in 2020. Those uh, payments, we expect, will be the latter part of this month or the first part of October. And then there is the 2022 uh, Emergency Relief uh, Program payments. Uh, application and openings will occur uh, sometime in October. And for the dairy producers, USDA has just opened the application process for the Milk Loss Assistance Program. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. We never got to this because it actually happened last week, but want to get to it. And it was the uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail coming up following the bottom of the hour. The Fifth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals ruled Friday against federal officials for colluding with tech platforms to suppress speech. We'll get uh, to a couple of articles written on that, and uh, one of the one of the doctors from the Great Barrington declaration remember that in october of 2020 yep who said everything that we're doing is wrong for covid by the way that's also what blows newsom out of the water right right that shows that we knew if you want to go back and look for benchmarks You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right. Well, this is really interesting. And as Wall Street Journal points out, really didn't get a lot of publicity. Hmm. But the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled Friday against federal officials for colluding with tech platforms to suppress speech. But you'd hardly know it from the limited press coverage. Hmm. Well, they were a part of it. Yeah, of course. They were a part of wanting to censor the truth. The decision in Missouri versus Biden uh, deserves more attention because it defines the constitutional limits to coordination between government and private actors that may be headed to the Supreme Court. Missouri and Louisiana, joined by individuals whose posts opposing government views on COVID were censored, sued various federal officials for violating their First Amendment rights. Federal Judge Terry uh, Doherty's ruled against the government on nearly all points. The three-judge Fifth Circuit panel largely upheld his findings of fact and law while narrowing his injunction. 
The unsigned 74-page opinion begins by detailing the unprecedented coordination during the pandemic between government agencies and social media platforms. Tech employees uh, attended regular meetings with government officials and seemingly stepped up their efforts to remove content to appease them, the decision explains. Hmm. Platforms gave the officials access to an expedited reporting system, downgraded or removed flag posts, and deplatformed users, the opinion from the judges said. And they changed their internal policies to capture more flag content and st- sent steady reports on their moderation activities to those federal officials. The Biden administration argued that the tech platforms acted independently and the communications by federal officials are protected government speech. The Fifth Circuit disagreed, holding that officials cross the First Amendment line by coercing platforms with threats of antitrust action and legal liability for user content under Section 230. That was the threat. That's what the court has recognized. The government threatened these platforms, said, if you don't do this. Right. A private party is not ordinarily constrained by the First Amendment, the Fifth Circuit Court explains. That changes, though, when a private party is coerced or significantly encouraged by the government to such a degree that its choice if made by the government, would be unconstitutional. The court calls this the close close nexus test. Its decision analyzes in depth how government actions violate the First Amendment. Under this text, significant encouragement requires something more than uninvolved oversight from the government, the ruling says, citing the Supreme Court's 1982 precedent Yet federal officials were far from uninvolved in content decisions. It's interesting because Dr. Jay uh, Betachera, who was one of the doctors who wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, yeah. wrote an op-ed piece on it yesterday, too. The government censored me and other scientists. We fought back and we won. Last week, a federal uh, appeals court confirmed that science cannot function without free speech Dr. Jay Betachara reflects on the victory for himself and every American. He goes through the fact that, you know, he became, you know, he uh, came from India. Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, both my parents, children of violent partition of India and East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, had grown up in poverty. They immigrated to this country because they believed in the American dream. The belief led to the success my father ultimately found as an engineer and my mother found running a family daycare business. Our family had indeed won the lottery, but coming to America meant something more profound than financial opportunity. This is where we get to the point where people that immigrated here, yeah, you know, you know, they actually understand, they actually appreciate freedom more than just the monetary part of it than a lot of Americans that were born here. Right. They understand what's required in a free society, and the first of which is free speech. He said, when I was 19, I became an American citizen. It was the happiest day of my life. The immigration officer gave me a civics test, including a question about the First Amendment. It was an easy, excuse me, 
an easy test because I knew it in my heart. The American civic religion has the right to free speech at the core uh, of its constitution. I never imagined that there would come a time when an American government would think of violating this right or that I would be its target. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, the American government violated my free speech rights and those of my scientist colleagues for questioning the federal government's pandemic policies. My parents had taught me that people here could criticize the government even over matters of life and death without worry that the government would censor or suppress us. But over the past three years, I have been robbed of that conviction. American government officials working in concert with big tech companies have attacked and suppressed my speech and that of my colleagues for criticizing official pandemic policies. By the way, criticism that, uh, again, was wrong because the Great Barrington Declaration that they wrote was correct. Right. On Friday at long last, the Fifth Circuit ruled that we were not imagining it. The Biden administration did indeed strong-arm social media companies into doing its bidding. The court found that the Biden White House, the CDC, the U.S. Surgeon's General, U.S. Surgeon General's Office, and the FBI engaged in a years-long pressure campaign on social media outlets designed to ensure that the censorship aligned with the government's preferred viewpoints. The judges described a pattern of government officials making threats of fundamental reforms like regulatory changes and increased enforcement actions if we did not comply. The implication was clear. To paraphrase Al Capone, nice company you have there. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. And it worked. According to the judges, the officials' campaign succeeded. The platforms, in capitulation to state-sponsored pressure, changed their moderation policy. In exposing this behavior and in declaring it is likely a violation of the First Amendment, the ruling is not just a victory for my fellow scientists, but for every single American. Well, he's wrong there. Because half the country, which supports the Democratic Party, and you look at young people that still in majority support the Democratic Party, do not believe in freedom of speech as it currently stands under our Constitution. The Biden administration, Joe Biden himself, believes this was his mandate. That he won because people wanted this. And he's right if he believes that. Because... There are plenty of people that wanted this kind of shutdown, this kind of mob mentality at the highest level. And if you don't remember, this began on October 4, 2020, and you and I remember it because we went over it. Uh, when he and other colleagues from Harvard University, uh, University of Oxford, uh, Oxford and more published the Great Barrington Declaration, The declaration called for an end to economic lockdowns, school shutdowns, and similar restrictive policies on the grounds that they were disproportionately harming the young and economically disadvantaged 
while conferring limited benefits to society as a whole. The declaration endorsed a focused protection approach that called for strong measures to protect high-risk populations while allowing lower-risk individuals to return to normal life with reasonable precautions. Tens of thousands of doctors and public health scientists signed our statement. Hmm. Uh, and in hindsight, it's clear that this strategy was the right one. You know, you're looking at it now, and it's like, yeah, they were right. Yeah. They were completely right. Right. And the government attempted to shut them down. Remember how they were eviscerated? Oh, the- yeah. And and look, they had already built the narrative. You can't have science destroy a narrative. That narrative is what supported the control, government control over everyone. And if you bring science into it and they shut those doctors down, it was dismissed. They were seen as fringe. They were damaged by this. Their integrity was damaged in their own medical community. Because how many others in the medical community went along with what the administration was doing? He said federal officials immediately targeted the Great Barrington Declaration for suppression because it contradicted the government's preferred response to COVID. Four days after the declaration's publication, then-director of National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, emailed Fauci to organize a, quote, a devastating takedown of it. And that's in quotes. Almost immediately, social media companies such as Google, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and others censored mentions of the declaration. As the free press revealed in its Twitter files reporting in 2021, Twitter blacklisted me for posting a link to the Great Barrington Declaration. YouTube censored a video of a public policy roundtable of me with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for the crime of telling him that the scientific evidence for masking children is weak. I have been a professor researching health policy and infectious disease epidemiology at a world-class university for decades. I am not a political person. I am not registered with either party. In part, that is because I want to preserve my total independence as a scientist. I've always viewed my job as telling people honestly about the data issues, regardless of whether Democrats or Republicans like the message. Yet at the height of the pandemic, I found myself smeared for my supposed political views and my views about COVID policy and epidemiology were removed from the public square on all manners of social network. I could not believe that this was happening in the country that I so loved. In August of 2022, my colleagues and I finally had a chance to fight back. The Missouri and Louisiana attorney generals asked me to join as a plaintiff in their case represented by the new Civil Liberties Alliance against the Biden administration. The aim of the suit was to end the government's role in the censorship and restore the free speech rights of all Americans uh, in the digital town square. But you don't see Democrats upset about this at all. You know, media wasn't upset. They really didn't report it. No. 
this decision. They don't care. They're okay with it. They're okay with censoring, even if it's the truth. If it doesn't fit their narrative, they're okay with it. Yep. They're okay with censoring the truth. There's no self-reflection from the administration. No. Saying we can't do no. this anymore. No. You didn't hear that. No. And you, you won't ever hear it. No, this is exactly the design. Look, they would love to have the political will behind them right now to do it all over again with this new variant. They've got some in the media that are working on it. Talking about masks and all this again. Well, there's a reason. They know if they can play Big Brother all over again, they can get the the money they want. They can get everything they want, and they can get the control they want. The problem is the political will they need isn't there anymore. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so uh, you just you you think about the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. I mean, now this isn't again. This is no longer uh, Republican uh, propaganda. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not Republican propaganda or allegations. These are the the Fifth Circuit, yep. the judge in the Fifth Circuit that looked and said yep. no. This is what happened. Government basically strong-armed, threatened, you know, implied threats to social media companies that you carry what we wish you to carry. Yep. And you don't carry what we don't want you to carry. Yep. This is frightening because I don't know in American history when something like this is, well, social media like this didn't exist. But did they ever do that to the New York Times or the Washington Post or traditional media 50, 60, 70 years ago to this level? I don't think so. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.